Welcome to the Founders Conversation with Insight Now. You can watch these conversations live on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hey, Peter. Hello, Mark. Yeah, it's good to be together. Unfortunately, we're Christless today. <laughs> good thing we're not Christless. No, but well, that's something that I did want to say is that I do want to acknowledge that where two or more gathered there, he is in the midst. Yes, Lord, and we so acknowledge you. The Holy Spirit is uh, right with us, he's amongst us, he's in the middle um, um, uh, of our whole time together. So what? whoever joins in, joins into the atmosphere today, mm. whoever comes online, yeah. um, uh, is really stepping into a time in which Holy Spirit's just doing some things. So I just want yeah, to say that. Yeah, yeah, we do I miss agree. Chris. Chris is um, tied up with some things today that he just couldn't change and couldn't get here. He's um, hugely disappointed, but we will see him again soon. Yes. Now, I just, I agree with you, Mark. Father, I ask for your blessing to be upon. I feel like people are going to hear some things today that are going to yep. shift some things today. And um, so, you know, for those listening now and listening later, just want to mm-hmm. encourage you to, to stir up your faith and to, and to be ready to receive. Yep. Uh, so how you, how you doing, Mark? What's weather like down there? You guys kind of shifting seasons? Yeah, we, we're into uh, an autumn time, so it's getting a little bit um, uh, cooler. I, I think uh, uh, in a very short period of time, we change um, our clocks go back. Okay. Um, and um, that's um, that, that usually sort of a bit of a signal or a bit of it starts to get cooler. Um, but you know, still, still, still warm. We've had a lot of rain um, in the last couple of months, um, and um, so it's 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 really very green for this time of the year. Um, yeah. But yeah. It, it's it's good. I am I am so over wearing a mask. By the way, <laughs> are you still having to wear them there, or have they decided? No, that? no, we don't have to wear them. But um, when you fly and you're in airports, oh. you, you you have to. Um, and so we I had a flight with my daughter, uh, and mm-hmm. it turned out to be like about eight hours of and the same sort of coming back, and um, uh, so I had my mask on and. Using QR codes, I've <laughs> I've never done that so so <laughs> much. Every menu, think, oh, every menu I had to get one to get into into. Yeah, like we we flew from one place to another via another airport, and so when we got in the airport, we had to get a permit to come into that state. Yeah, and then we had to get a permit to go into the state that we were, and it was all QR codes. And then we we're in re- every restaurant, every shop, every store. We were, QR codes, and then I had to get a permit to come back. QR uh, codes. It's, it's just <laughs> that's funny. This, it is different. It's so this, different. This virus has created so many problems. <laughs> well, we um, we're having a be- beautiful day uh, here today. Windy though. It's been so windy in in, okay. in in Ohio. Not typical. Like there's some places you know, like Wyoming, where it blows yeah. all the time. Yeah. But yeah. it's not typically like that today uh, here. Uh, but it's been windy. Yesterday was really neat. I got up in the morning to pray. It was our Monday. And, you know, um, as I was praying, one meeting of mine that day canceled. And then I was praying some more and another meeting canceled. And then I 
then I thought, boy, I've only got one meeting left today and it's a nice day. I wonder if I could take the boys fishing. And uh, two minutes later, that person emailed to ask about our meeting that day. And I said, well, what's, how's tomorrow sound for you? So in the course of, of about one hour of prayer or less, God canceled all three meetings uh, that I had. And we got to go uh, fishing yesterday, which was just such a gift to me and, wow. and uh, Andrew and David. We had such a great time. So, yeah. um, so one of the things I, I was thinking about actually today, and then we started talking about it earlier, was about, you know, in, in my years walking with the Lord, it seems this is what I was thinking about today. Most of the things that I've missed have been because of perspective issues. Mm. You know, like when I, I'm sure you've had this too, uh, I don't mean to speak for you, but I'm pretty sure you probably would have, you know, it's like you look back sometimes at, at yourself 10 years ago and you're like, oh, I love me, but I wish I wouldn't have been thinking like that at that time. And and usually it's mm -hmm. not so much that like I was missing something here, although that could have been the case. It was more like I was reading here through a certain lens. And it's like I had this overall image of a thing. I had this overall perspective, uh, maybe lens, I think, is what a lot of people use, you know, and, and that perspective caused me to see cer certain things, cer certain sort of ways. And it was only, it seemed like after the Lord changed the perspective that then all of these more scriptures open up, you know, and that's one of the ways I know for me, it, you know that you're walking closer uh, to how the Father sees it because now so many more scriptures that never made sense all of a sudden come alive and you're like, wow, it's yeah. right there, you know? Um, and so, you know, I know we were talking a little bit about perspective and obviously so much about the kingdom is a perspective mm -hmm. issue. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. so much of the time, you know, the tricky part about perspective is that it, we don't even know the perspective that we're looking at things from sometimes. So yeah. I know you have lots to say around that, but I just kind of wanted to, to, well, to enter that, that space. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think, um, uh, Stephen Covey, in his, in his book, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective mm -hmm. People, um, he introduced uh, a concept called paradigm shift. Yes. Um, and that, that was years ago, a long, long time yeah. ago. Um, and what what he was really saying was that the the perspective that you look at something makes a lot of difference. So that if you can, you know, if you if you can understand what the shift that you need to make, then you're going to look at the same thing and see it from a different perspective. You know, for instance, here's, here's, a, here's a brief story. So a man's traveling at home from work on a train and he enjoys this travel because it's his quiet time. It's his mm -hmm. reflecting time, you know, just, just, you know, stay quiet. And they stop at a stop and on gets a man with three young children. Mm -hmm. And they get on, and the children are just running right. They're just running all over. And this man is just in a daze, not taking any responsibility, not, and he's just yeah. in a daze. And this man who is seeing this as his sacred time um, just gets really upset. He gets he's, he's boiling inside and wants to say something, but he's trying to just to control himself. And the kids are just running regular. They're just absolutely you know, swinging on chairs and running up and down and jumping, just just absolute nuisances. So he finally has enough and he says to the father and he starts very angrily, tells him that, he, you know, he should control his children, he should, you know, and, and the man looks at him in a daze and, and said, well, uh, I wish I could because I'm trying to um, 
work out how to tell them that their mother has just died. Oh. Right? So immediately this man goes from anger, you know, do something about your children to a, to a point where he sees that whole situation completely mm. different. Mm. Right? Because he's become aware of the circumstances that are causing this and now has become hugely compassionate yes. and and talking to this man um, uh, about, you know, what, what he might be able to do. Mm. See, that's, this is what Jesus was saying mm. because he came to usher in the kingdom age. Come on. He Come came on. to show us what does the kingdom look like. Yeah. And so he's, he utters these words and, and, and Jesus says the most, Seemingly simplistic things, but the most profound things, the things that take years and decades to unpack if you want to. Mm. And so he says right at the very beginning, he says, listen, you will need to change the way you think. He, he says, look, it's, you need to repent. A repentance is meant to be a lifestyle, not an event. Come on. Right. And so... He says, listen, you you will need to. You, it is essential for you to be in a place where you are changing paradigms, where you are shifting paradigms, where you are changing your perspective, where you are embracing different thinking um, in order to experience the kingdom because the kingdom is close. The kingdom mm. is at hand. If something's at hand, you can reach out and touch it. It's very close. Mm. Right? He said the kingdom is close. The kingdom is it, 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 it's 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 available, but you will have to change the way you think, otherwise you're going to miss it. Wow, wow. There's, um, there's. Go ahead. And there are just so many things that we that uh, ought to be challenged that we just accept mm -hmm. because that's how it's always been done, or that's how it's always. That's how I looked. I mean, let's just take you know. Um, there's such a there's such a, a movement on unity, mm -hmm. um, such a desire on unity, mm -hmm. and I have I have through lots and lots of years of ministry seen all sorts of attempts at so-called unity. You know, like a coming together of churches and all of those sorts of things, and they've been they've been nice, they've been wonderful, but the lasting results haven't been like we thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, um, and I think part of what people's view um, of unity is not unity; it, it would be more uniformity. It mm -hmm. was more like, well, we want you to be like us, or we want to be like you, or yep. um, agreement. I think that's one of the problems in the world today is that people think that you have to be in agreement to have any sort of relationship. And if you're not mm. on the same page, if you mm. don't vote for the same party, if you don't have the same view, then yeah. I cannot have any relationship with you in any way, shape or form. Yes. That's uniformity. That's not unity. Yes. Yes. So unity has to do with what? what's God's perspective on unity? Well, God's perspective on unity is that he has relationship with uh, people who are not the same, right? There are no two humans alike, right? They are very different. Mm -hmm. 
right? Nobody has your fingerprints. Nobody has your DNA. Nobody has your voice print. Yeah. Nobody has the, there's so many things that are so unique to you. And so, therefore, if, if, if we have to put aside our uniqueness in Come order on, to have, have relationship, relationship. Then, then that is contrary to who God is. Yes. It's contrary to who heaven is. So, therefore, we have to learn ways in which we can embrace people and have deep relationship mm. with them mm. and, and not be affected by the differences. Come on. You know, there's, there's something about, you know, so we're talking about perspective shifts. Kingdom, pers kingdom always requires a perspective shift. Yes. And you're bringing up this idea of unity, which is so good. And, you know, in order to have perspective shifts, we have to be poor in spirit. You know, it, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. And, you know, you read Matthew 5, it, the first of the Beatitudes is blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what is poverty of spirit? I'm sure people have taught on this really well, but one way I would think of it is humility. You know, yep. um, if anyone thinks he knows anything, he doesn't yet know as he ought to know kind of thing, like be not yep. wise in your yep. own eyes. And, you know, one of the things the Lord spoke to me years ago was if you think you've arrived, you're right. It's like, as mm -hmm. soon as I think I've arrived, I've actually stopped. And the Lord's saying, there's more. I'll take you glory to glory, but you're too busy looking at yourself and where you've come <laughs> instead yep. of continuing to keep your eyes on me so that you can continue to walk forward. You know, so as we as we think about things like unity, one of the things that I think that we've really struggled with is to is to embrace the and of things, because yes. what what's often happening is we end up in sort of this either or mentality. And so really, I believe that either or and I know you do, too, is rooted in judgment is yeah, what it oh, comes absolutely. down to. You know, judgment. Another fruit of judgment is comparison. You know, mm -hmm. you can't get comparison without judgment. And some people say, well, I don't judge other people, but a lot of people that say they don't judge other people actually judge themselves. And, you know, there's, there's judgment just runs rampant. And just the other morning I was praying, I felt like the Lord gave me this phrase, judgment weaponizes the truth to destroy relationships. Mm -hmm. Whereas the cross draws all judgment to itself. Jesus drew all judgment to his, his self. He said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all to myself. People think it says there peoples, but peoples isn't in the Greek. And the context is judgment. So when Jesus was lifted up, he drew all judgment to himself. And then the principalities and powers were disarmed in order to restore relationships. So we, we sometimes have this, this view of unity that's actually rooted in judgment. And if I view unity through the lens or perspective of judgment, now I need you to conform to me yep. in order for us to be in unity. I think that um, we... One of the results of the fall was um, a negativity bias, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that that's what we we do have in you know in, in significant amounts is yep. that we default towards the negative. Yes, um, and even when we're talking about judgment, you know, it's it's like for instance, oh well, you know, the Bible says that you know we should judge prophecy. So mm -hmm. that's judgment. Well, it's not, you don't judge prophet, you see, prophecy to see what's wrong. You judge prophecy to see what's right. Whoa. Come on. 
And so this is this a negativity bias. What it does is it causes us to focus on what's wrong. Mm. It causes us to focus on on what is not right or what is okay. not happening. You know, it's like when we're with somebody or we are, you know, in a relationship with people or whatever else, then, then we are focusing upon or quick to see what is their shortcomings or what's wrong with them or yeah. what they need to get fixed. So, um, um, and none of that is helpful mm-hmm. because all of that does is just highlights the, the what what is wrong. Mm. So that when you when you are putting that aside, right, moving out of your negativity bias and putting that aside, and you start to highlight, you start to empower what is right, you start to uh, exalt what is what is happening, what is good, all of those sorts of things. Then then you have created a way for heaven because heaven's all that god is good mm. um etc etc so when you when you are empowering those good things then what happens is it squeezes out the things that are there. in fact actually you don't really see them anymore mm. that is so mark what you're talking about is so powerful i something when i was studying judgment a few years ago that i saw was that in the old testament the word to pray in the hebrew its first definition, if I recall correctly, is to judge. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the only judgment that is righteous is to say what the Father is saying. Yep. And so one of the things, one of the things that you're talking about here, really, you could you could say it in a different way, which is instead of finding everything that's wrong. Yes. What about finding what the Father's saying right now? You know, and then faith is going to infuse into that situation because faith comes by hearing yeah. what it is that the Father is saying. You know, yeah. um, and so I really think that there's there's something there's something about this judgment piece. There's something about um, unity, um, mm-hmm. and there's something also about just we're recognizing that we have to repent mm-hmm. in order to step into the kingdom. And I love that you say that repentance is a lifestyle. You know, and it's like repentance works well in the context of humility. And so, yeah. so often, you know, we think that we've arrived, but the Lord's saying, if, if you would see that you're still in process, you're still walking with me, you'll start to find more in the kingdom. That's that poverty of spirit. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I think that... Um, when you begin to adjust your uh, view, you know, you know it's, it's a little bit like um, you have an accent, Peter. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. Right? I thought it was you, you that sounded different than me. No, you, you've got a definite accent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that we have, we have accented eyes too. Yes. You know, and um, like I was saying, you know, particularly with um, a negativity bias, that you know, we can be we can be looking for the 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 wrong direction or the wrong wrong sorts of things. Um, I think it, it also, um, you know, we we have we've had such a strong judgmental mm-hmm. um, uh, culture in in the in in the church scene. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that's based upon hierarchical position, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it, we've seen profits as, as dividing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would talk about black and white. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I, I'm more and more uh, inclined to think as, a, as a, a friend, a mutual friend of ours coined the term grey profits, mm-hmm. you know, and had I said that a few years ago, I would have probably been yeah. targeted as a, as a, as a heretic. Um, but when, when you realize that the kingdom is so much about the end, it's, it's about taking this and this, yeah. and it's a supernatural place because it can only occur through the Holy Spirit. Mm. So that when you take black and white, you get gray. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's about not dividing people. It's about connecting people. Yes. And yeah. I think we've had this view um, that we are the, the elect and all those people out there, are, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's the divided thinking. Yeah. But we've failed to understand that, that God says that he so loved the world. Mm. Right. He didn't say, oh, I so love the Christians. Yeah. He died so for us so, all sinners. Yeah. He so loved the world. So his love, you know, and, and, and sometimes this is a huge challenge, actually, because if you can think of some of the most horrendous people in the world, right, they did atroc- atrocities, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not even going to bother naming names. Yeah, but we can figure it out. You can figure out. And when you think that God's love for that person is as much as it is for you or me. Mm. Now, that is mind-blowing, really. That is that is very um, challenging. But it's, it's, it's his immense love for us that, that he, he wants us to connect. He wants us to be connectors, mm-hmm. not dividers. Yep. And, you know, even if you think from a mathematical point of view, and, and you're the maths guy, um, but if you if you look at each of, you know, like, um, you know, the kingdom's all about multiplication, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is some addition in the kingdom, but it's mod- mainly multiplication. It's certainly not division. Yes. And certainly not subtraction. Mm-hmm. So it's about multiplied. It's going from glory to glory to glory mm. to glory to glory. That's multiplied. You know, it's 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 a 30, 60, 100-fold return. That's multiplied. So um, I think it makes a lot of a difference about how you enter into a relationship mm. with God. Come on, come on. You know, um, uh, I... I've seen people who have come into a relationship with God and praise God they have, you know, but their entry point or the reason they came is, was out of fear, mm-hmm. fear of being, going to hell, um, fear of, 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 of all of the sort of fears that were in. And some people use fear mm-hmm. um, to convince them. Now, I happen to believe that's totally illegal mm-hmm. to use um, an attribute of hell to accomplish hell's provision or hell's, you know, what hell, to use hell to accomplish heaven's yep. goal is, yep. is wrong. Yeah. But the outcome of that is that people who have entered in that place become judgmental and legalistic often. Mm-hmm. And it's understandable because their 
entry point or their reason for coming in was was fear based. Yeah. Right. And so um, now, fortunately, uh, what what happens is people continue to encounter. They continue to change the way they think. You know, and it's not well. You're set in this because that's the way. No. That's that's not how it is. You know, you come in, and and but we can still we still ought to be looking. We still ought to be giving permission for the Holy Spirit to search us out and to find places where we are judgmental. Mm. I mean, I can be judgmental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can be judgmental of people who don't drive like I drive. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so interesting. Um, I was thinking about, you know, one of, one of the difficulties is that we can, you're talking about gray, gray prophets. Yeah. And I think that, um, so often we don't embrace tensions and, you know, a nature of the, and in the kingdom is that there's tensions that need to be embraced. And I'll give an example when it talks in first Corinthians three, uh, Paul's saying, for where there's envy, strife, and divisions among you, like you're saying, Mark, there shouldn't be divisions. Are you are you not carnal and behaving as mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Mm-hmm. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed and the Lord gave to each one? I planted Apollos water and God gave the increase. So then neither yeah. he, he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God yeah. who gives the increase. And so there's this thing that can tend to happen where we have some teaching that we've latched onto. We have some minister uh, who shares wonderful things from the Lord that we've latched onto. We have our own revelation. I have my own revelation that the Lord's given me that I've latched onto. And what often happens is now we start to identify more with a place that God has had us, more with the thing that he has shown us, more with the person that he brought us to than we do with him. And the result is now when he goes to say, okay, you learned from Apollos for a season, but mm-hmm. now I want you to hear from Paul. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, but, but Lord, I'm of Apollos. Like, I don't, you know, I hold these teachings like this. And the Lord's like, yeah, that's okay. That was an awesome foundation. Now let me bring you over to Paul. Who's going to challenge mm-hmm. some of the things that, that Apollos said. Mm-hmm. And now we're freaking out on the inside because we're saying, well, Paul's wrong because Apollos was right. And the Lord's saying, well, couldn't it be the other way that Paul's right because Apollos is wrong? And actually Mm -hmm. what the Lord's really saying is they're probably both right and they're both speaking from a different perspective about Mm -hmm. the same thing. You know, I I remember, you know, I I think I've got my church history right here that Martin Luther at one point wanted to rip James out of the Bible or at least wondered if it was canonical. You know, Mm -hmm. he's thinking like, you know, what, show you my faith by my works. This is antithetical. I just got this revelation that it's by grace alone. So praise God, Martin Luther got the revelation of by grace alone. But but yep. we also know that grace does produce certain sorts of fruit. If you're walking yep. in grace and you're walking in faith, it's going to look like something, which is yep. the space James was operating out of. Does that mean mm-hmm. Martin Luther was missing a whole thing? No, he, he got the message and plowed the mm-hmm. ground that needed plowed by his ministry. And so then, but then the tension is you come in with a James who says, I'll show you my faith by my, by my works. How about that? And it's both. Yes. You see, revelation um, is lots of things, but revelation is positional Mm -hmm. and progressive. Yeah. So by positional, I mean, it's not until you move 
on something that you get more understanding and more revelation. So good, faithful with little. So progressive means that it it's a little more, it's the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It's like, yes, I understand. But the problem is if you don't move, mm. if you stay rigid mm. on something that was a revelation to you and a strong revelation to you or a, an understanding to you and you don't move mm. from that, you are not embracing a re revelation as it was designed or meant to be. Wow. So if we if we take something and I'll, I'll just pick up something that mm. you said um, about you know Apollos and 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 mm. just see if I can segue into mm. Ephesians four eleven. Yeah. Now in Ephesians four eleven describes the fivefold ministry that Jesus gave yeah. to people, and what we've had is um, a focus of that within a church context. Yeah. So we have apostles, prophets. Okay, um, uh, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and we've seen that as individuals mm -hmm. in a church context. So, um, you know, we would have apostles and prophets. Certainly, we knew about pastors, um, you know, pastoring a church, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that when we realize, no, Jesus didn't say he gave them to the church; he gave them to individuals to operate mm -hmm. within their sphere so that we have what we would call marketplace apostles mm -hmm. or marketplace prophets or marketplace yep. it means that their sphere is the marketplace yep yep they're metron. Right? yeah so they're metron so it, it it can be you could have an apostle who has influence in the church and also in the marketplace yep now one of the things that we and i just mentioned is that we've seen them as individuals so good mark come on I don't believe that they were meant to be individuals. I'm okay. but they were meant to be a team. That's so good. Right? Now, if we also take that into another perspective, we've also seen it hierarchical. And um, with all due respect, um, many churches still function on a hierarchical model. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you have the leader as the lone ranger. Mm -hmm. It's a very it's a very dangerous place to be in um, because you are very susceptible to um, all sorts of attack mm. and burnout because you're mm. trying to carry something yeah. that one person wasn't designed to carry. Come on. So what we have um, is a hierarchical thinking. So therefore, we have the apostle, prophet, mm. evangelist, pastor, teacher now we know that this, the word talks about apostles and prophets being foundation right yes. they are not at the top of the building they're at actually the foundation. bottom of the building. come on a foundation um and so when we realize that um what often used to happen is you'd have an apostle leading something other apostles would stay away because there would be um a threat you know an apostle another apostle want to come in feel like it's a takeover thing because there's only mm -hmm. room for one head Mm. Mm -hmm. Right, so that's a hierarchical model. Now, in the kingdom, it's much more linear. It's much more relational. Yeah. Yep. So therefore, you can have apostles who lovingly and enjoying love, working together and create the synergy of working together. Yeah. Because there's not a threat on position. There's not a threat upon, um, 
you know, this is taking place. So this apostle comes to work and it's like, well, you're trying to push me out. You're trying to replace me. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist in a kingdom mindset yeah. because it's about, no, you're coming to join me. How can I help you? And how can I help you? There's not, there's not threat yeah. because it's not positional. Whereas yeah. in the other hierarchical sort of model, it's a position. Like there's just one room for one person here. Mm. So if we can start to see, if you start to look at Ephesians 4, like through there, and then it, then when we understand that it's for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, the work of the ministry is not the, the work that the person that's equipping them look for because that wouldn't be serving, right? <laughs> so it's, it's like, it's so okay, significant what you're saying. what's the thing that's in your heart that mm. I can help equip you with? And so therefore yeah. you get apostles equipping apostles. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Because it's no longer hierarchical. It's not yeah. like, well, you're under me. So, you know, and and therefore, um, it when we look at it now, it's a little more controlling because it was like, okay, I have the vision here and you're here to serve the vision. Yeah. Whereas in looking at all of that Ephesians 4, it's like, well, how can we help you? How can we help you to be, um, uh, to step into prophecy? Yeah. This is the prophet's view. How can we equip you? How can mm -hmm. we help you? And then we have prophets helping prophets, mm -hmm. developing yep. prophets, yep. partnering up, teaming up together. Yes. Um, and so, therefore, we have much more a likelihood of a company companies of prophets. Mm. Oh, that's so good, Mark. You you shared no less than probably five perspective shifts about just the fivefold ministry. And I'll see if I can remember some of them because I think that they bear repeating. One is this idea of, of where, you know, that the fivefold has to do with equipping um, of the saints for the work of ministry. They don't just mm -hmm. exist inside what we consider the church. Uh, another mm -hmm. thing you're talking about is this idea of team, you know, and, and that they, you don't have to be a lone ranger. It doesn't have to be just mm -hmm. an individual, but in fact, it very much can be team, which is so refreshing. I mean, it's just so, so refreshing. Oh, it's so fun too. It is. It's, it's synergistic. Um, and, you know, another, another idea that you talked about is this idea um, of that it's not equipping the saints for the work of your ministry. So if you're mm -hmm. a fivefold minister, you're not equipping the saints for the work of your ministry, but you're actually equipping the saints for the ministry to yep. which they've been called, the metron to which they've been called. That's really, that's the decentralized church teaching um, yes. in a nutshell, you know, at least yep. from the perspective of how the fivefold fits in that. And one of the yep. things the Lord's, if I can just camp on that for a second, one of the things the Lord's been speaking to me about is he's like, it is so easy as a fivefold minister, you don't need to own other people's ministries. All you need to do is help equip them for what I've called them to. This yep. makes ministry so easy. It makes yes, ministry it so easy because now all I need to do is have a relationship with God myself, be in his word, be in prayer, be in fellowship with other believers and be myself. He's given me a gift. And then when I interact with people, it helps draw them into what God's placed in their heart. And I've been finding, and tell me if you've been experiencing this too. I've been finding that so often when I minister to people well in this sort of way that the Lord's leading me to minister to, I hear things like, wow, it's like, I'm not saying I've had all those thoughts before, speaking of what I just shared, but it's like what you're saying is like what's already in my heart. And mm -hmm. what that tells me is 
again, I'm just partnering with Holy Spirit in what he's already been speaking to them about. He's already yep. been speaking to them about that. And now this becomes so easy because, you know, they, they get to have their own relationship with the father. He's putting their his specific things onto their heart. Now we as, as ministers come in and maybe help catalyze something, maybe help bring a clarity or articulation to something, maybe help reconcile some relationships around something, maybe bring a truth or an understanding to something so that, you know, it can be built up. And it's just, it's a whole different view of ministry. Yep, it is. And, and I think in particular, um, an apostolic approach um, or an apostolic gifting, and that, that can flow into the other mm -hmm. areas as well. So um, uh, what, that what that looks like quite significantly is giving definition to what's already in people's hearts. Yes. So that when you start to talk on something, they say, ah, that's what that is. I've always thought that, but you put words to it. You, yes. You've actually defined it. You've actually mm -hmm. described, um, you know, what that, what that looks like. Yeah. Now, much of that happens when it's your intent to help people to discover what their destiny is, what mm -hmm. their calling is. Yeah. And not only to do that, but to equip them to do it. Yes, yes. Um, and that, that, like you said, is a decentralized church, but it's also the kingdom. It's the kingdom age. It's, yeah. a, it's the kingdom, what the kingdom looks like. Yeah. Um, because when, you, when you're trying to build... Um, and I don't want to be misunderstood here, but um, because I've done this too, you know, I, I've led a church um, and I, I didn't really sort of know better. But in many respects, I think I was trying to build an empire in the name of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was much more about something I have that you come to. You know, it's like you come and come and help me build what I want to build. Yes. Yeah. Whereas when we when we said it before that apostles and prophets of foundation, they they establish things so that things can be built on. Yes. Yes. And if you're establishing some things in a person's life so that they can build onto that, come on. then you are you're giving them a platform to be able to to grow and to develop. So we started this conversation by saying, listen, it makes a lot of difference where you see something from. Mm -hmm. It can make mm -hmm. a huge difference if you are looking at something from a kingdom perspective in contrast to what the age that we used to live in, which was the church age. Mm -hmm. It can be exactly the same thing you're looking at. Yeah. Ephesians we, 4, we, for instance. I'm just Ephesians reading 4. it. Yeah. We're just reading it. But you, if you, if you, it, uh, if you look at it from this different perspective, you get a whole different mm -hmm. view. Mm -hmm. You yeah. get whole new revelation yeah. that comes out of it. Yes. One of the things that I think that's so significant that you mentioned as well is that there's a relational construct that's going on here in the kingdom age. And you taught me this more than a decade ago. You said when we move into the kingdom age, it's not going to be functional mm. leadership. It's going to be, you know, in other words, leadership that's together because of the yes. functions that we play. Um, where, you know, I stay together with you so long as we're doing the same jobs. But then once we don't have those jobs, well, you know, we didn't have relationship 
so much yep. maybe anyway. And yep. instead of this idea that says, I'm not going to build past what relationship affords, you know, and I think so often we end up in the place of, of organization within the kingdom and organization with, within, within church when we try mm -hmm. to put structures in place to fix mm -hmm. actually what a lack of relationship is causing. And, mm -hmm. you know, and so when we build past relationship, I think we've departed from the kingdom. Now, I'm not yes. saying that structures are bad and they can, but the structures are meant to support what relationship is already trailblazing. And yes. so, you know, when we have this relational view, a whole lot changes around this too, because like you said, now, uh, if I'm a fivefold minister and another fivefold minister comes in and we're in relationship, how is it that I would be afraid that they're going to displace me? Because I don't have a role. I have relationships. And so who would displace me from those relationships? I, I don't have a role to be knocked off of. I've got relationships. You know, this mm -hmm. is, this is, this is a diff, a whole different sort of paradigm. And, yes. um, you know, and so I think that I think that this is really significant. And the other thing that it does is we, I think it starts to really position fatherly and motherly type behavior in the kingdom instead yes. of, you know, boss type behavior. So one of the yes. things the Lord showed me a while ago, I had a very uh, impactful conversation with someone. And about a year later, the Lord showed me, he said, that was a microcosm of how a father, how I am as a father. And what he mm -hmm. showed me is that fathers don't just don't just platform their children, mm -hmm. but they actually platform them not just so they that'd be enough. That'd be amazing. Like if as a father you platformed someone else and said, "Look, my my level of favor, my resources, my audience, you know, mm -hmm. my influences, whatever." Let me just place you here on this platform. And what the Lord was showing me is that fathers actually don't just platform someone else. They actually platform someone else on the platform there they are supposed to have. So yeah. it's not just it's not just me using my favor in order to help someone stand in my ministry. No, no, no. Fathers say, use the favor of your ministry, use the favor of your life to help position this person for the for what they are called to do. And I think that we're gonna yeah. see so much more of that kind of a dynamic where yeah. you're gonna you're gonna say, Oh, is there a breakdown of generations within a ministry? I feel like I'm speaking prophetically. And the Lord's saying it's not a breakdown of generations, but it's it's not the, the organizational continuation of the generation. It's the relational continuation of the generation. There's no yeah. divide, but it's actually yeah. a different call on the next generation. And there, there's yeah. a willingness to use the platform to establish the next generation. Yeah. So if, in, in taking on that, let, let's just let's just go back to this. Uh, Ephesians 4.11 and what has existed in a hierarchical model. Mm -hmm. Now, let's just take an apostle, for instance, an apostle um, um, who is over a group of uh, churches or ministries or whatever else. Now, in that hierarchical place, uh, he, whether he sees it consciously or unconsciously, has to keep performing and proving that he is the apostle over those because somebody else could come along who's better or mm -hmm. has, has a greater grasp of things and really deceit him from that place come on. because there's just one position. And so, therefore, what you get is mm. not – you don't get relationship. He, he, you can't really truly have relationship with other people because you might lose something. Yeah. Now, relationship is not about – 
losing, it's about gaining, mm. right? And so relationship is, is yes, it is about uh, preferring others and all, all the sorts of things go about it, but it's not what you lose, it's what you gain. Come on. But if you're focused is what you're going to lose, you know, and even even subconsciously this happens. Now, yeah. people, people who say that are living in a hierarchical, that this is not the case and not telling the truth mm. or not in touch with mm -hmm. uh, a reality because it is the reality. It's, it's what happens in functional relationships Yeah, because you don't know who's going to replace you mm -hmm. or you are, you are aware of there's a replacement waiting for you somewhere mm. because that's what happens in a functional relationship. Wow. People are indispensable. Yes. And then, because and then the you train up the, the next most, generation in the same way. Yeah, exactly. Because the thing that's in a functional relationship, the thing that's most important is the function. Mm -hmm. So in relationships that we are talking about, the thing that's most important is the relationship. True. That is so strong. I just have to highlight that because these are sometimes words, you know, when they're outside yep. of our perspective, we're like, yep. I mean, I've done this. I was literally thinking in part of this call, I'm like, yeah, I've heard some of this stuff years ago and didn't get it then. But it's like sometimes words, when they're outside of our perspective, we don't realize how significant they are. <laughs> relationship for the purpose of relationship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, yep. it's, a, it's really hard sometimes to realize that we're leveraging relationships to another end. And the Lord's saying, that's not, that's not what I'm doing right now. I want you to have relationship for relationship. Trust me, the synergies and the outflow mm -hmm. of that, they will be something, but that's mm -hmm. not what you're after. Yep. So, so if we think about this again, so, so the person in the position who is a head position, a hierarchical position, right? And somebody see some things or see some areas in their life that they want to help them grow into or develop. Mm -hmm. In a functional relationship, that's not possible. Because either what will happen is that the person will get exposed or um, get hurt and they'll either leave that position or mm. the other person will be pushed aside. Mm. But in, in a true relationship, <clears throat> Because the function is not the priority, but the relationship is the priority, is that, that 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 those people are in a better place to actually maneuver through the adjustments or the offense or the things mm -hmm. that have um, that need to be worked through. That the relationship can get stronger. Mm. Right now, mm. I you know the. That is because there's a commitment to the relationship. Come on, and not a commitment to the function. Come on, come on. When you when you are committed to the function, that's the primary thing, and you'll do whatever you have to do to maintain the function. But if you translate that across to relationship, you'll do whatever you need to do to maintain the relationship. Mm -hmm. What's the and priority? then the function, the function will will come behind it. The function will will still be able to be. In fact, actually, the function will be much more um, uh, effective and that's <laughs> functional. Yeah, and that's how synergy is developed. Mm. It's it's we we talk about things. We talk about 
Iron sharpens iron. Oh, everybody loves to talk about iron sharpens iron until iron is sharpening iron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's friction. Because yeah. it's 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 developing a cutting edge. It's doing a job. But that's what relationships are. That's why Jesus talks so much. Mm. That's why the scriptures talk so much about relational things. This is what yep. you, if you have a problem with your brother, you go to your brother, you talk to him about it. You don't talk behind his back. And yep. then if he won't listen, you bring another brother and you come and you just talk and you say, hey, we've got to sort this out because our relationship is more important than the function. Mm. Right, and if he's not going to be involved, then you get a number of other people to come and say so that there's mm-hmm. the, the, because everybody is wanting the relationship to be fun. Okay, but we've interpreted that through a functional basis, and so therefore we develop laws and and ways of being able to destroy relationships with people because the function is more important. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Uh, the idea of mutual submission is another example of this. And uh-huh. it was a few years ago that I finally realized it. And amazingly, uh, amazing to perhaps to some people that I the picture of it was actually our church board meetings uh-huh. that gave me the revelation of what mutual submission is and what mutual submission is, you know, picture a group of people that are trying to talk through a need or trying to talk through a solution or whatever. And, People are giving their ideas and we're no, we're praying and all of that, of course. And, you know, you're hashing things out and maybe different people have released a couple different ideas into the mix and you're hashing it out. And then someone across from you says, this is, you know, such and such. And everybody in the room points and says, that's it with grand excitement. And what that is now, does that mean if that person's not the pastor, or the head of the board, that now they should be the head of the board? No. <laughs> I mean, think about it. It does that mean if you are the head of the board and you weren't the one with the idea, should that cause any ounce of insecurity? No. But what it is is mutual submission says we're not trying to create a hierarchy out of submission. What we're instead doing is saying, I have Holy Spirit, you have Holy Spirit, you have Holy Spirit, you have Holy Spirit, you have Holy Spirit. And once we all sense that that's what Holy Spirit's saying, now we say yes to Holy Spirit. And in so doing, what we have is this picture of mutual submission. We could never have submission like that in the flesh, in the natural. If people were still trying to represent their ideas instead of just having conversation relationally. But instead, what you get is you get something that's truly supernatural, which is people celebrating someone else getting, getting quote unquote, the right idea, getting what yeah. God's saying. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a real key. And what you just said there is is a very key to everything that we're talking about, mm. and it's humility. Mm. Now, humility is not thinking of yourself, putting yourself down, and it's not, you know, crawling along the ground to stay as low as you possibly can. Um, it, it's it's not about being somebody who's weak. You know, Jesus was meek, but he wasn't weak. Mm. Come on. Um, and so it's not weakness, but it is about um, being in what I would term relational. Mm, that's because, I love how you talk about this. Because, you see, when it's about function and it's hierarchical, it's really important for the leader to be the one who's getting everything and the one who, mm-hmm. uh, because his position it could be threatened. Yeah. 
right? But when it's about relationship, it's about it's about together. It's about the team. Yeah. I mean, team starts stands for together. Everybody achieves more. Mm-hmm. That's what team mean. That's what I think team means. T E A M together. Everybody achieves more. Now, just think about that. That looks like saying, "Hey, we all win." Yeah. Because because this person here who's very new on the board has an idea or thought, everybody's going, yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter who brought it. It, yeah. it matters the fact that together the team is being strengthened. Come on. That's the, that's the, the very difficulty with an independent spirit because yeah. an independent spirit and independence itself wants one person, wants the one, wants the individual. This is yeah. more important. It's the individual is more important than the team. Yes. Now, if you have ever played any team sports, you know that a player on that team who is independent is 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 very dangerous for the team. And most likely, the team will lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that a team that functions together as a team and still has star players, but but they are. They are together. That's yeah. why it's important to use language like we, us, mm. our, mm. then I, my. Yeah. Because th- that's that's there's language of the individual or language of the family. Yeah. Or language of the team. And then when we when we understand that that when Paul was writing about the body, he was talking about every different parts of the body. Yeah. And it functioning, it functioning together. Yes. So we know all of those sorts of things, but then we behave hierarchical, mm-hmm. functional, yeah, and we call it relationship. And just because you put a name on it and say, "Well, it's we're, we're living in a relational," we, I value relationship, and and you don't change the way that you're thinking, yeah, then. You haven't embraced relationship. You've just relate. You've just embraced the name. Yes, yes. Well, I think that <laughs> to your point, and maybe we'll uh, just take a chance to minister here a little bit. Yep. yep. Um, you know, one of the things that makes repentance easy is God's goodness, and mm-hmm. you know, I think that a lot of what you're talking about with that sort of humility and the antithesis of humility being that independence and pride and all of that yep. so often um you know i i look at first john 2 15 and 16 and one way i kind of describe that is if we've got a pride issue god has a love solution mm-hmm. and i think that one of the things that's that's happened in the body of christ or i'll just speak to what god wants to do i think there's so much around acceptance that the lord's wanting to do in individual people's hearts yes. that we would know that we're accepted in the beloved that yes. we would know it, that we're therefore accepted by our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. And there would be a groundswell of acceptance and love because what mm-hmm. that does is if I start to learn and God's shown me this, that I'm accepted regardless of my performance. See, this gets to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now what I can do is I can be in relationship for the sake of relationship instead of relationship for the sake of function. Yes. And I think that, you know, so, um, I think that I'd just like to pray into that for people. Yes, Maybe Mark, for you can join, join in. Um, yeah, no, you Father, go, you everyone, everyone at the sound of our voice, uh, mm. voices now uh, and mm. later, uh, I pray, Father, that waves of acceptance would come across us 
our hearts mm. and our minds in Christ Jesus, that we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt how accepted we are in the beloved, how accepted we are amongst our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. And I pray, Father, that, that as we experience that acceptance, that we would embrace, and that's it, we would embrace others, not turn them away. Mm-hmm. And that, Lord, as people are embraced, Lord, that that independence would be broken. Lord, the, mm-hmm. the root of, of relationship being performance and function instead of just truly relationship would be broken. And I pray, mm-hmm. Father, that the, that groundswell of relational health would move all throughout the church, all throughout your bride, all throughout the church, um, even leaders in the church, Father, um, that you would give us. Um, just that relational health, that relational basis. And I pray, Father, the rest of relationship would come across the body of Christ, that, that we would operate from the place of family uh, like never before. And like Mark said, Lord, that perspectives would shift and we would start to see things with new lenses, through the lens of love, through the lens of relationship, through the lens of kingdom. Yeah. Mm. Father, we just release a par- uh, an impartation mm-hmm. to people, a revelation, an impartation of revelation mm. that will just uh, open up people's understanding of what relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. Relationship from your perspective, Father, we release that. So I just feel like there's a... There's a, a move of revelation just going. There. It's just it. going to be like an unpacking. It's almost yeah. like, you know, um, zip files and how a, a zip file uh, can be transported and then it becomes, uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, you unpack it yep. and it, it, just, it, it just, just expands. And so, Father, we release the seed revelation Come of on. relationship, true relationship. Mm what that looks like we release that to every person that's listening mm. every person that receives it every person that takes it it will establish into you and then it become it will just un unpack it will just become mm. expansive uh in you we release that today mm. just this is on ours just as we've talked about it today father give give people courage to change the way they think yeah give people eyes to see yeah ears to hear Mm-hmm. and hearts to understand what it is, those things that you have stored up for them. Mm. So we bless people today. We minister yeah. to people today. We release revelation. Mm-hmm. We release freedom. We release an ability to be able to see the thing that you've looked at for years and years and years, mm-hmm. to see it from a different perspective. Amen. 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 All right. Well, God, God bless you all, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week, and I'm sure we'll have a few other videos in the meantime as well. And next time we should have Chris back with us, which will be great. Yeah, so have a great right. day. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day.